Last week, we had finished up the, the chapter of 19 there with the, the uh, final mention of, good morning, final mention of, uh, of Lot and his family here in the book of Genesis. But this morning, we'll, we're looking at chapter 20, and starting in verse 1, and we're going to get through as much as we can here. So let us open up to chapter 20, and we're going to read verse 1. And, and see what's going on. So, and keeping in mind in chapter 19, we had the destruction of Sodom, Gomorrah, and uh, two other cities, and we had Lot uh, going up into the mountains with his daughters and the things that happened there. But in verse 1 of chapter 20, we have, And Abraham journeyed from there <coughs> to the south and dwelt between Kadesh <coughs> and Shur and stayed in Greer. Here in, in verse 1, when it says that Abraham journeyed from there, <clears throat> I can only imagine this is going to be journeyed from, from where he was at uh, back in, in chapter 18, where he was staying in the, uh, by the trees of Mamre, or the Terebeth trees there in Mamre, and, uh, and was journeying from there. Uh, I just make mention of that because we came from, uh, reading about Lot in the mountains is not that Abraham was up in the mountains with his with his nephew there, but yet Abraham was still in his his home over. Uh, yes, it was Mamre. I do have it in my notes. All right, good. Um, <clears throat> so he had left there and went down and, and decided to travel down towards the south. Um, now we we really don't know what made him decide to want to pick up and leave. Uh, something I did read about that <clears throat> I don't know much about it, but apparently the Hittites uh, during around this time period was making uh, roads into the southern into southern Canaan. And, and this may have included the area that Abraham was staying in at this time, and so that might have been the reason why he moved. But like I said, I, I read that in a, and it was just a little quick side note type thing and a commentary I was looking at. So I don't know, you know, where they got that information from or anything else. But thought I'd just throw it out there. Uh, but anyhow, he picked up, and moved down uh, towards the south, and ultimately went up and stayed in with the, the town of Greer, which is a Philistine town. Uh, so we have that going on. Any thoughts or comments, Jim? That is very true. I, I remember. I do remember reading something about that. I just didn't put it in my notes for whatever the reason. But uh, as far as the, the livestock that Abraham would have had here and, and, and moving around to find better pastures, but I didn't. I never thought about the, the thought of uh, the smell, the sulfur smell of... of <laughs> well, it, 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 when a particular part starts going bad on your car, it can leave a terrible smell coming out of it. Out of the exhaust, and boy, I tell you, it, it doesn't happen that much anymore. But you know, a few several years ago, it was very common. And man, it it would you got up behind one, it would just oh, it'd turn your stomach. So thinking about that, though, it could <laughs> don't know why. Never thought about that. So I appreciate you bringing that up. But uh, any other thoughts or comments there as far as what may have been going on? All right, well, let's look at the uh, next two verses, verses 2 and 3. It says, now Abraham said, uh, now Abraham said of Sarah, 
his wife. She is my sister. And Abimelech, uh, king of Greer, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now, this just cuts straight to the chase. We don't have a whole lot of, uh, of conversation going on here or anything else, but apparently when they came into this town, <clears throat> just as we saw back in, in chapter 12 uh, with the Pharaoh, uh, when they traveled down into Egypt, uh, some years ago, I want to say it was, I didn't write down a number and I didn't think about looking it up, but I'm it just, just thinking of it off memory, I'm thinking this would have been about 20 years beforehand, thereabouts. Um, but anyhow, um, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot of, of information on what's going on, but apparently uh, when Abraham came into this town, they were asking, you know, well, well who's this lady here? And, and, and said, well, this is my sister. You know, and, and she as we'll see, even made mention that, that he was her brother, you know, rather than being uh, up front and saying, that, you know, this was my wife, you know, what have you. And keep in mind, this isn't no small group that we've got going down there. This is, you know, Abraham's moving down into this area. He's, he's relocating. And, uh, you know, as far as trying to get a number together, you know, it's, it's hard to throw a number together. The only number that I can come up with as far as what we had going on here is back in chapter 14 in verse 14 which would have been about 14 years earlier than what we had going on here Uh, we had Abraham taking 318 trained men of his house or that was born in his house um, out to battle against the kings uh, with Catalamer after they had uh, had overtaken Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah and, and those cities around there. He went up and fought against them. So we know that there was at least 318 trained men that were born in his house, like I said, about 14 years earlier. And you got to imagine that you know, some of them men had, some of those men had wives and, and, and what have you. And you had, uh, you'd also have female servants and Whatever, whatever, whatever. So I mean, we could be talking on the, you know, possibly around a thousand. Don't know that for sure. Just throwing a wild number out there. But I just want us to keep in mind: this isn't like it was just Abraham and Sarah with a few your know, servants traveling down here. Maybe a, a few uh, uh, livestock here that, that they're they're traveling down in this area. This is a a big group. Um, of people coming into this area, which would have obviously rose uh, some some eyes and made them, who are you people? You know what? What, what you coming down here for? You know what's going on? You know, and and naturally the king's going to be uh, very interested when you have this big of a group of people coming down. You know, because you'd think that they're going to have some kind of fighters within this 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 big group, and you know he might be might have been concerned for his kingdom. Uh, which is also a reason of why he might have taken Sarah to be his wife, as we've made mention uh, back in chapter 12. Uh, someone had made mention that 
the possibility of why Pharaoh might have taken Sarah was for political reasons. Um, but I feel like this is definitely the case here uh, with Abimelech. Uh, because we have to remember, Sarah here is 90 years old. It's, it's not like she's extremely young or anything at this time. Um, and so it was probably more so of a political reason on why Abimelech might have taken Sarah as to be his, his wife. was to, Because in this time period, in order to grow alliance with someone else, you'd marry into their family. Uh, and so that's very well why uh, when they found out that or when they asked and found out, well, this is brother and sister, hey, let me, let me grow an alliance here and, and take Sarah and, and, and make her my wife. But regardless of, of what's going on as far as um, why uh, Abimelech might have wanted to take Sarah to be his wife, why uh, or how many people would have been with, with Abraham or what have you, we still see... Uh, Abraham faltering here and not trusting in, in, in God to take care of him and being truthful as far as uh, Sarah being his wife. But we do see God coming to him and warning him about it. Yes? Exactly, exactly. And this is, and we can see uh, a lot of differences in between Abimelech here and the Pharaoh back in, in chapter 12, because here we have Abimelech, um, as Jim made mention of, being someone who who believed in God, who was uh, doing what they could uh, as far as that goes, as far as following God. Yes, it, that's what it was. <clears throat> when it, well, Jim was making mention of, of how that you know, just not long ago, um, God had made promises to Abraham on how that he was going to have a son through Sarah, you know, and so here we have, you know, Abraham knowing God being, having this promise, and this was within the year time frame. I mean, this hadn't even been a whole year that, that Abraham, or that God had made this promise to Abraham, so I mean, it ain't like that this is a few years ago that this promise was made to him again, but we're talking about within the same year God had made this promise to Abraham, and, and that was... And it's very astonishing when you think about it in that standpoint and how that you know, he still had that lack. But yes, she would have been around 90, thereabouts. You know, in, in chapter 12, uh, it makes mention of her beauty you know, and it specifies the beauty of Sarah. Uh, and, but here, it doesn't, really, which it doesn't really make mention of a lot of things, so it very well could have been you know, the beauty there as well. But here I feel like it's more of an alliance aspect, a political reason on why um, Abimelech might have taken her. Now, I don't know that for sure. I'm, this is just all conjecture. But because of the amount of people that Abraham would have had with him in this group uh, in this time period, not saying that he didn't have a lot of people with him back during the time of Pharaoh, but he would have had a lot more with him at this time um, as, as servants grew in number and, and along with his herds and everything else. This would have been a big group of people coming down into this town. And I feel like that Abimelech might have been doing this more for political reasons as far as uh, Mary and Sarah. But like I said, that's all conjecture. It could have been beauty. I don't know. Um, but just throwing that out there. But Yes, Barbara? As far as just giving up Sarah, you know, 
Right. But yes, very, very good comments as far as um, how he might have just been trying to solve his own problems rather than waiting for God to take care of it. You know, but once again, if he had just been up front, yeah, this is my wife, you know, rather than, than going about this a different way. Mike, do you have something? And that's very well could be. And, you know, we don't really know how old Abimelech would have been at this time either. I, I don't have a clue. Uh, less secular history tells us, which I don't, I didn't look up anything. You don't know anything about that, do you, Jim? All right. Um, so, I mean, Abraham would have been around 100 at this time. They're about 99, 100. But that's a very good point. You know, he might have been doing this. Abimelech might have been marrying Sarah uh, because a 90-year-old woman, you're needing to have someone to take care of her and look after her in case her brother would have died. I, you know, I was actually going to bring up that aspect in the next set of verses on how that, you know, it's a very good possibility that Abimelech, uh, along with the kingdom there, may have may have heard of the destruction that had happened there in uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and the other two towns that had gotten destroyed. Um, but yes, that's a very good possibility. I did have one more note here on the verses, uh, the pre, the verses two and three. Uh, in the latter part of three, it talks about how that God it tells Abimelech, you know, indeed you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is another man's, or she is a man's wife. Um, <clears throat> when God talking about him being a dead man, and as we see later on in the chapter that apparently he had some kind of disease or something that was struck onto him uh, at some point in time uh, around this time period here, that he was going to die. And because it makes mention of, uh, towards the end of the chapter, how that he was healed, and uh, and we'll talk more about that healing, the word healing there uh, when we get to it, but making it basically him being made well as well as his uh, his wife and his female servants being able to bear children at that point, you know, after Abraham prays for them. Um, so something had happened to where some kind of a physical ailment um, in, a, in a commentary I was, I was looking at as well on this, they made it, uh, it could have been a possibility that there is a, some kind of a, sickness or infirmity or whatever that kept them from having any kind of sexual relations uh, during this, at this time period as well, which is why God would have been able to made, uh, keep them away, keep them away from being touched or keep Abimelech from touching Sarah at this time. So it could be that something like that was going on, uh, but for sure we know that none of the women uh, within uh, Abimelech's house here was able to have children. So that being the case, I don't know how long Abimelech had Sarah within his house. You know, I mean, when you talk about childbearing, it's not something that that, that they are aware of immediately. You know, so that that brings up an interesting aspect there. But as we'll see, as soon as he finds out about it, he cuts straight to the chase and gets gets it taken care of. But just a thought there. 4 through 6 says, But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say, 
to me. She is my sister, and she even, uh, say herself, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him, indeed, or said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not know, or I did not let you touch her. I guess I could have waited for that last comment for this, con- for this section here, but I had it above this for whatever the reason. Um, so, but in this time period, though, or in this, this, uh, this, this little section of Scripture here, as what Janice was making mention of, uh, you can see uh, Abimelech being very fearful, uh, having that godly fear, though, um, and him even making mention of it being a righteous nation, um, but still, you still can't help but to think, you know, whether or not he would have heard of this destruction that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, I mean, I, I forget how many miles it was now that was away from where Abraham was staying, um, but he was able to look out uh, upon the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and see the flames coming up, uh, even from where he was staying at. So, and, and honestly, I didn't map this out, which I usually like to do when I'm talking about moving around and things. So I'm not too sure the, the distance here from Sodom and Gomorrah to, to this particular town here. Uh, but it very well could be that they had heard about it if they hadn't seen something going on over there themselves. Um, so absolutely, and like what Jim was making mention of earlier, how that you we can see some behind-the-scenes things here as far as God interacting with other people that you know, was not Abraham here, which was a, a separated person. And ultimately, we have the, uh, the children of Israel coming from Abraham here, but we still see God working with other people at this time understanding that it wasn't just Abraham that was the only follower of God at this time. You know, we had other people that was trying to follow God at this time still. As uh, Mike had brought up a minute ago, you know, Abimelech's pleading this case with God, said, you know, look, I didn't know that this was his wife. You know, I had no idea. Why, why don't, don't destroy you know, this nation, this righteous nation. You know, I did this out of innocence. You know, this was not anything that I knew about. Um, so you had that going on here as well. But any other thoughts or comments uh, up to this point before we get to verse 7? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there was definitely something going on there that, that God had caused them to, or God, God had caused Abimelech not to touch Sarah. So, absolutely. In case you didn't hear what Roger is saying, he had made the comment that no, you know, regardless of how strong we think we might be or how strong our faith might be or how close we think we might be to God, here we have Abraham, whom Roger made mention of, was the only person that, that, we have, that, that we have a written record of as being a friend of God. And here he is uh, uh, faltering uh, and, and, and failing uh, as well. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. What, right. Now, I'm not saying Abraham was the only one that faltered. No, 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 no. Yeah, we have many people that had faltered uh, throughout time. I mean, we have Peter, who was apostle of, of, of Jesus Christ, who had denied him three times. And he had even stood up and told Jesus, that, no, I won't do that. So, I mean, we have plenty of examples of other people. No, I wasn't trying to say that at all. I'm sorry if I left that impression. But, yes, absolutely. We have David, who is... Uh, who is, who, is, who is said to have, be a man after God's own heart, uh, who had also faltered as well. Yes? What Jim was making, in case you didn't hear Jim, he, he had said that you, know, you could go back and look at any major character of the Bible uh, that people might hold up as a standard of some sort. Uh, you can go back and find some type of flaw uh, within him, within that person. Uh, which shows that we are all imperfect. And there is no one that's righteous. No, not one. So, very good comments. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And you know, something I was going to wait till a little later to make mention of, but you know, we read of Abraham doing this twice, as far as going out and uh, and, and making mention that Sarah was his sister. Over, yes, this is my wife. But when you look at, I think it was 13, uh, yes, it's verse 13 of this chapter in, verse, in chapter 20 here, it, you, you almost get the impression that this was something that continued to happen. This was something that happened, well, not you know, so much from this time period forward, but this was something that has happened any time they went into a new place, uh, that, that this was what was going to happen, that, this, that when they came to a new place, that they were going to say that they were brother and sister over being husband and wife. Um, but we only have these two recorded. Uh, you know, it might have been these were only two times that the king of the town said, come on, <laughs> you coming with me? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but we do have the possibility that this could have happened more than what we have recorded for us. So. Absolutely. Absolutely, because it was Abraham that, that, told, that asked Sarah, to do this for him, absolutely. All of it because of fear of his life, which, as we made mention of, just, just not even a year earlier, you know, within the same year, he had the promise of God that he was going to have a child through Sarah. And they, they've yet to have the child, so I don't know why he'd be in fear of his life. But whatever the case, now here we have it. Anything else before we keep going? Very good comments. We've got a few minutes still, so let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, Ne'er therefore restore the man's wife, uh, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Now, an interesting aspect here in verse 7, when it talks about how that Abraham is a prophet, this is the very first time that we read uh, the word prophet within the Bible. Uh, and here we have it describing Abraham. And, uh, and so when I was looking at that, and I, and I found that to be quite interesting, I, I went back and I thought, well, is it a different word here used for prophet? Nope. It's the same word that's used other places describing other prophets. Um, for a prophet in general, uh, from what I've looked up and, and tried to figure out, uh, 
one will announce the will of God, uh, in, in, but also one that would intercede with, uh, with God on behalf of men. So here we have Abraham definitely uh, uh, interceding on God's behalf for Abimelech and, and his house here when he prays for him later on. Uh, but we also see that you know, Abraham was to pass on to his generation or his, his children for generations to come the will of God. So we also have him passing on uh, or announcing the will of God to others. So, so we have Abraham being called a prophet. We have the, the aspect that, um, that Abraham was going to pray for Abimelech um, and God assuring Abimelech that if he did not restore Sarah back to, him, to Abraham, then he was going to be taken care of. He was going to die. I don't think that that's really what happened. I don't think God had went to Abraham and, and had said, hey, you know, this is what you need to do. I feel like that if that was the case, then we would have record of it, um, of him saying that this is what you need to do. But yet, instead, we have Abraham explaining to Abimelech later on, this is why we did this. Uh, and he even makes mention of how that he he knew that the fear of God was not in this place, and so that's why he was doing it for and there's actually three reasons that he gives to Abimelech. We'll talk about that later. But one of them is the fear of his life because he didn't think the fear of God was in this place, which obviously it was from what we had uh, already looked at. But it, Well, that does close us out, so I appreciate all your comments and attention. We'll pick up there in verse 8 next week.